welcome to the Future Lawyer Squad podcast. Today's episode is all about the secret to becoming a wealthy future lawyer. I think the secret is actually going to surprise you. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot today, not just about your money, but also your mind and how the two are very, very, very much intertwined which is truly the basis for my entire coaching program, the Law School Blueprint for Her, and Corresponding Mastermind, the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad. We talk a lot about diving into who you are, how do you look at money while you're in law school, so you can really start to build the foundation for thinking and becoming a wealthy future lawyer. So what does it mean to be a wealthy future lawyer? The answer may surprise you. In my opinion, your net worth is really only partially about how you determine whether you're wealthy or not. Your balance sheet is only a part of whether you are considered wealthy or not. I have been practicing law for over 11 years now. And during that time, and even during law school, I have worked with and have gotten to know a lot of attorneys who I would consider wealthy from a balance sheet, from a net worth, from a income standpoint, you know, they had the big house, they have the big salary, the nice cars, they make great money, but they don't really seem quite happy with their lives or satisfied. They kind of think that, you know, practicing law is like a death sentence in some ways, and that it's just something that they have to do because they've already gone down the road and they just don't seem happy. Or interestingly enough, I've seen a lot of attorneys who even really high, high earning attorneys, partner, partners that I've worked with in big law who make a lot of money, but who still feel like they don't have money. They still operate from a place of lack, a place from feeling like there's never enough. Um, I had one partner that I worked with tell me, yeah, you know, it would be so nice if I could retire early, but it's, it's not just possible for me. And we're talking about someone who was making high six figures or even seven figures, and they still felt like there wasn't enough money. And so when I talk about becoming a wealthy future lawyer, yes, I do mean growing your wealth, making a lot of money, having that dream life. But I also mean that you're happy, that you're satisfied with who you are, that you are living from a place of intention and a place of passion and just enjoying your life. You know, just because you are an attorney, you're practicing law, you're in law school, it doesn't mean that you need to be miserable, that you just need to have your nose to the grindstone at all times. Yes, hard work is so important. There is no um, there's no way to get around it. That hard work is great and it will get you very, very far. But when all you do is work and all you do is think about how hard it is and how you can't have the life that you want, that's just not sustainable. And so what I'm really here to show you and to tell you and what I really want to happen with this podcast is to show the future lawyer community that it is possible to be happy and to have a life that you truly love and to stay in the practice of law or to change your mind if you want. It's really all about just, you know, knowing who you are, being happy, being intentional. And if it's part of your goals and your dreams, making bank along the way. Uh, you know, I think it's really important to note that when I started my journey into mindset coaching, it was, uh, 
right around when I was, I had been practicing law about five years and I got the dream job. I got a job in big law. And that was something that I thought would never be possible for me. But I worked really hard my first five years. I joined a lot of organizations. I networked. I spoke. I wrote. I distinguished myself. And it allowed me to get this really great job. But I knew that if I didn't work on my mindset and if I just went along with the status quo that I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to be happy. I was going to burn out. And so I started working on my mindset. I got a therapist. I joined a mindset um, coaching program for couples with my husband. I started getting coached by my own independent coach and I just wanted to be happy. And I just wanted to make sure that I was not going to burn out and that stress was not going to eat me alive. But the most curious thing happened along the way as I began to work on my mindset, as I began to meditate every day and create a morning routine and start to live my life more intentionally, my career really took off. I was able to think more clearly. I was able to just be a better lawyer just in general. I was able to level, maintain a good level of, you know, some stress is good, but I wasn't overstressed for the most part of the, for the most part, you know, we all have bad days. But there was this crazy byproduct of working on my mind that translated to me becoming a better attorney. And it also translated to me being more open to money-making opportunities. So I was making really great money in big law. I was making way more money than I ever thought I would. But I started to think, I'm only trading my time for money. I only can make X amount of dollars. There's only X amount of days, you know, in the year, hours in the day. And so I started to explore other ways to take that high income that I was earning and to start to invest and to start to think of passive income opportunities. All of these things are going to be major topics and major themes throughout this podcast. Today is really just going to give you a taste of what it means and how to become a wealthy future lawyer. Because what I stumbled upon, the secret that I stumbled upon that working on your mindset will actually make you a better attorney and in turn will allow you to think about your money differently and to grow your wealth. It's, it's, it's not something that's really talked about so much in law school or in the legal community. It seems to me in my experience and my many conversations in my own law school journey and legal journey that there's just a lot of lack, a lot of lack of time, a lot of lack of opportunities, a lot of fear around student debt, you know, talking about there's only X amount of jobs out there, whatever it is, there's a lot of negativity. And you have to really start to think about, is that the finite absolute truth of how life is? Is it written in the stars somewhere that you have to be miserable in law school, that there's only a certain amount of jobs? And if you're not a certain kind of person, you're not going to get those jobs or you're not going to make the money. You know, is that really, really true? Because I think what happens in law school is law school is designed to teach you to think like an attorney. So in a lot of ways, it starts to break down the way that you thought before you went into law school. And in a lot of ways, it really trains you to see the negative in so many situations because you're looking at a fact pattern and you're trying to figure out what can go wrong and all the possible things that could happen. And so in the process of going through the Socratic method when you're in law school and having professors yell at you and kind of break you down and break down the way that you think, it's coming at a really high cost. 
Studies have shown that there is a significant mental health crisis in the law school community. The depression and anxiety rates are higher than any other graduate program, including med school. The amount of mental dysfunction that is happening in law school and then carrying into people's legal careers is astonishing. And to me, it seems like a very high cost to have to pay just to be able to get your JD and just to be able to become an attorney. To me, it just doesn't make sense and it doesn't seem necessary. Why have we accepted that law students, you know, most often are depressed and distressed and they're living in this anxiety, this anxiety ridden type of lifestyle? Um, you know, why, why has that just been accepted as the gospel? I don't really understand it. And that's a big part of this podcast and why I created my coaching program for law students. And I think some of the biggest things that contribute to this mental health crisis in law school are isolation. You start to feel like you're in competition with everybody and that you're isolated from your peers, which can be very damaging um, to people's mental health. There can be extreme anxiety you know, the amount of the workload and the reading materials that you have to read and the the need and the feeling that you have to be good at law school from day one when it's something you've never done before can really create a ton of anxiety and stress and feelings of being an imposter. Um, you know, things like a loss of personal priorities. When you're expected to study and read for hours upon hours upon hours, I mean, I used to read until one, two, three in the morning how are you supposed to work out? How are you supposed to spend time with friends? This loss of personal priorities can really affect your mental health. And there's a feeling of helplessness and feeling like there's, there's never enough time to get your work done can really reduce your trust and belief in yourself and your confidence. And this hyper competition that law school creates amongst law students can really start to reduce your self-esteem. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that all of this can snowball into a massive mental health crisis and a, just a really negative, toxic, toxic environment. And it really has. But again, I don't believe that it has to be this way. And my goal in this podcast and my coaching program is to really show you that it doesn't have to be that way, to break apart what your brain is doing when you go into law school to understand how your brain works and to start to build that dream life and build up that wealthy future lawyer mentality when you're in law school. That is truly my passion and truly my goal um, and why we're here right now. I mean, who can be surprised that law students are suffering with, with all of the craziness that goes on? And then you add law school debt. We're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode and the opportunity cost of not working for three or more years. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. So how can you rise above this negative environment? How can you start to really train your brain to think positively and to not get sucked into all of this when you're in law school? And how can you really start to build the foundation for becoming a wealthy future lawyer and thrive and be happy while you're in law school? I'm going to talk about three secrets to becoming a wealthy future lawyer in this episode that I think will blow your mind and that will set you down the path to a completely different life. I know that this work has completely changed my life. I'm telling you completely, and I know it will do the same for you. So number one way to become a wealthy future lawyer, number one secret, I want you to start to look into your money story, understand your money story and how it will impact not only your wealth, creation, but your wealth retention. 
So what is a money story? I'm going to tell you a little bit about my own money story, and I want you to start to think about yours as well. So I grew up in a household where money was definitely considered to be scarce. There was only so much to go around and we couldn't spend too much or we were going to run out of it. Debt was a bad word. We couldn't really buy the nicest of things because we were worried about the cost and how much it was going to cost and whether we can afford it or not. And don't get me wrong. We always had, we always had, you know, I always had enough. It's not like I was suffering that I didn't have enough, but there was this mentality that we couldn't buy the nicest things. That just wasn't who we are or what we did. In addition, I grew up in a very religious household. And, you know, when you're in a religious household, if you grew up in any sort of religious environment, you you know, there's a lot of money is the root of all evil and money is bad. And people that have a lot of money are not good people. And there was just a lot of guilt around people who had money. And so it was just like, okay, you can just save your money. You can spend it a little bit on the things that you need. Sometimes you can spend it on things that you want. We did take cruises. We took vacations. It wasn't like we were completely deprived, but there was just this overarching sense that the money was going to run out and we had to be really scared and careful about it. So as I was talking about my money story, I hope you were starting to think about what your own money story is, because we need to start to break down those limiting beliefs and those stories that we have told ourselves, because what happens is these are just our thoughts around money. These are our feelings around money. And we begin at some point, we think and we feel something so much that we start to just believe that it is absolute truth when that's not the case. And so the biggest secret to really becoming a wealthy future lawyer is to know what your money story is and then to see, what do I want to change about this money story? What do I want my new money story to be as I go into law school, as I complete law school, as I graduate, as I take the bar? How do I want to feel about money? My new money story is that money is an abundant resource that it's unlimited, that I make money while I'm sleeping, that I make money from many different opportunities, that there are opportunities out there at any given point in time, just waiting for me to jump on them and to begin, you know, to begin to build my wealth. And now at this point to continue to grow my wealth and my money story goes on from there because it's not just about the creation. Sometimes people can create a lot of money. They can earn a lot of money, but then they just spend it or they just won't ever use it. They don't allow themselves to use it. And so it's not just the creation of it, but now it is money is always avail available for me. I can use my money. My money is there for me to enjoy. That's my new money story. And so I want you to really start to think while you're in law school about drowning out the noise of all the negativity around that there's a lack of jobs and you're only going to make X dollars. And you know what? Maybe you aren't going to the best law school in the country. And so you're not going to get that top job. Let me tell you, my law school was by far not the best law school. It was not top ranked whatsoever. And I still ended up at really, I mean, if you're judging loss, you know, attorney jobs at the highest point that I could have gotten, I, I was a, an attorney in big law. I was definitely going to make partner if I stayed. I had hit the top echelon. But you know what? I started to think of money, not just, okay, I'm just going to make the salary and that's it. But I, in allowing myself to start to be open to new opportunities with money, I realized I was able to get that job. And so I want you to start to break down your money story. I want you to start to think about 
how you want to see yourself, what opportunities you're going to have. And it's going to really amaze you when you start to shift your focus away from a lack, a feeling of lack or thought of lack, and you start to drown out the noise of your law school colleagues. It's going to amaze you the way that you start to view the world and the opportunities that will come your way, whether they're legal or not. Um, and I think that to me, that is the absolute hands down, the biggest secret to becoming a wealthy future lawyer. But there's more. So my second secret to becoming a wealthy future lawyer is learning how to operate from a place of abundance and not of scarcity and fear and lack. So when you start law school, unless you, if you already have, you probably already know this, you're going to start to just hear a lot of negativity from your classmates, from your professors, even from attorneys that you may work with along the way of how X isn't possible and you have to just stay in your lane and you went to law school and you can only practice law and you're only limited to what you earn in your attorney job. But I want you to start to think about in law school other ways that you could make money. Maybe while, maybe after law school, maybe it's while you're in law school. But I want you to start to think about all the opportunities that there are. Now, that might just be listening to podcasts about money like this one, listening to podcasts that expand your brain and allow you to start to see things differently. I want you to start to follow other attorneys or professionals, other professionals who are, who are living the way that you want to be living, who are operating from a place of abundance, who are going after their dream lives. I mean, that's what I started doing when I really decided, you know what, I don't want to be a miserable attorney. This isn't going to work for me. It's not sustainable. I just started watching other people, listening to podcasts, following other people on social media, reading their books on what they were doing. And I started to just flood my brain with positivity and gratitude around my life and around money. And I think that you know, if you start to do that, if you read books, if you listen to podcasts, if you really spend your time taking in positive information, we consume so much content all day and we get to choose what we consume. If you consume that positive content and you drown out the negativity around you, it's going to really set you up for success as you move through law school and as you start to take job opportunities, maybe you start businesses like I did, you know, I, like I said, I was in big law. Now I have my own law firm this year. I started my own law firm, Flourish Law Group, an estate planning law firm in Florida. We've already been just, we hit the ground running and we're doing so well. It's, it's so exciting to see. I own an Airbnb. I invest in real estate. I have a lot of, I have my money working for me in the stock market. I have a lot of different things going at the same time because I learned along the way that I didn't just have to trade my time for money. And that's something that if you can start to learn that now, even if you're not going to put it into practice until after law school, it will propel you light years ahead of your colleagues. And a lot of your colleagues, quite frankly, may never come to the conclusions that you may be starting to realize as, as I'm talking to you right now. So really learning to operate from that place of abundance is going to set you apart and it's going to set you on that wealthy future lawyer journey. Secret number three, and this is something that I didn't learn until just a few years ago, understanding the difference between active income and passive income and understanding that you are not just your wealth your creation of wealth is not just based on the job that you get and the salary that you get. Yes, that is a part of it, 
But like I said before, I know plenty of attorneys who make tons of money and either spend it all or don't use it. I have, I had so many colleagues in big law who we were all making the same salary, but they were going out and they were buying Teslas and they were eating at fancy, you know, restaurants every single day. And not that there's anything wrong with that by any means, but I think what they were really doing was they were just rewarding themselves for their hard work because they were, they weren't happy. And so they thought that those things would make them happy. But what ended up happening was they spent a lot of their expendable income. And so when I started to explore, you know, I want to start my own law firm. I, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, really since law school, I had a nice nest egg set aside. I took my big law salary, which over the past few years during the pandemic increased exponentially. And I put it in real estate and I put it into savings. So that way, when I wanted to start my firm, I was not trapped. I know so many people who they just increase their lifestyle to the point where if they feel stuck, if they want to change jobs, if they want to shift careers, if they want to leave the law, they can't because they've created this lifestyle that they have to continue to pay for. And so I, and don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed my life. I still spent money. My husband and I traveled a ton before kids. We can, we are going to continue to travel with our little ones, but I was very smart with the money and I allowed that money to start to work for me. So even when I was sleeping, even when I was working, that money that was aside, that it was either in real estate or that was set aside for me to start my firm, it was either working for me by making money or it was working for me by giving me the ability to have an opportunity to do whatever I wanted to do. I forget the name of the book. I'll have to see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. But there was a book I read where I think it was your money or your life where they said you need to have an FU fund you know, a fund that no matter what happens in life, in the economy, in your job, you can just say F you and do whatever the hell you want to do. And it truly, truly does make a difference in, in everything you do and in becoming a wealthy future lawyer. So what I really want you to take away from this secret is it's great to make a lot of money in your law job if that's what you want to do, but you can't just rely on that to become a wealthy future lawyer. Your W-2 income, if you work for a firm, is only going to get you so far. And quite frankly, it's going to be taxed at the highest tax rates possible because your W-2, you're not going to be able to take a lot of deductions. And so thinking about money on a much broader scale and starting to educate yourself now, listening to podcasts, reading books about money, just soaking it all in is going to make a really, really big difference. So now that I've gone through my three secrets for becoming a wealthy future lawyer, I'm just going to end on a note with my listener engagement section. I have a question here from a law student, and this is something that I got this question recently um, when I mentioned the podcast to somebody, but I get this question all the time in my coaching program, the law school blueprint for her. This topic comes up a lot. And the question is, okay, Lauren, how can I start to become a wealthy future lawyer when I have this massive law school debt hanging over my head? Am I not just going to have to pay it off the rest of my life and just scrimp and save and not be able to enjoy my money? Or am I going to have to wait until I pay off my law school debt to start to become a wealthy future lawyer? And my answer is absolutely not. Hell no. You can start to become a wealthy future lawyer now when you're in law school. But here are my key tips when it comes to any debt, quite frankly, but especially law school debt. The fact of the matter is that debt is not good 
or bad. Debt is just a decision that you've made to invest in yourself. You've decided to invest in becoming an attorney, right? You've made this incredible investment in yourself. You've said, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to learn. I'm going to study and I'm going to become an attorney. Whether you practice or not, no one can ever take that away from you. And so I want you to start to think about money as simply a choice. You know, it's so funny. I said this to someone once and I saw the light bulb, light bulbs go off in their head. I said, people talk so bad about their law school debt, but they don't talk so bad about their mortgage on their home. Like, why is that? Why have we decided to put this negative connotation on our debt and to act like it's an enemy when really it's been a tool for us to become who we want to be and to follow our dreams? And so I want you to start to shift the way that you look at your debt to know it's not good or bad. It's a choice that you've made. It's an investment that you've made in yourself. And I also want you to realize that as you start to become more open to different money mindset opportunities and thinking about your money differently, you might realize that your law school debt can actually get paid off much more quickly than you think. Now, I had a very unique experience when it came to my law school debt. I did have a scholarship. So I had a 75% scholarship to law school, and then I got an LLM in taxation that I paid 100% for. So I left law school with still a good amount of debt, about $110,000 in debt. I know that's less than a lot of people have, uh, but that's still a nice chunk of change. And so I started just kind of paying it off you know, like the traditional route, just here and there as much as I could based on my income. But when I was in law school, my husband went out, we, were, we weren't married at the time, he bought a condo. And he bought it when the market was pretty low. And then we lived in the condo. So it was our primary residence. So when we decided to buy a house, we rented it out for about a year. And then we were looking at our money together. It was right around the time when we really started to look at our money. And he said, hey, why don't we sell this condo? We were having issues with the HOA, with the tenant. And like, it's just kind of a headache to have this condo. And I was like, well, that would be, that would be great because we can sell it. There's a tax exclusion. It's within a certain amount of time. It was our primary residence. We can sell it without any capital gains tax. And then we can pay off my student loans. And luckily I have a really great husband who was like fully on board with that. And he knew, he knew it was making a good investment in me. And he said, let's pay off your law school debt. And so I never saw that coming. That wasn't anything that I anticipated, but because I started looking at money and I started analyzing taxes and I had enough knowledge to know how all of, you know, the capital gains exclusion worked, we were able to then pay off my law school debt. We sold the condo at a great appreciated cost and we were going to pay it off. And why do I tell you this story? It's not to make you feel bad about your own debt or to brag, but it's just to tell you that you never know once you start to just look at the world differently, the way that just your perception is going to bring opportunities that you may not have known existed um, before. We'll talk about this in future episodes, but I will just leave you on this one note. Something to think about if you are buying a house along the way, either in law school or right after, maybe think about buying a duplex or a triplex and then living in one side and renting out the others and living for free. So then you can take that money that you would have been paying a mortgage or you know rent and pay off your student loans much faster. We'll talk about it more. I'm going to have lots of guests on who have paid off their student loan debt and have, have them explain how they did it. But I just want you to get your gears turning and the juices flowing that you know, becoming a wealthy future lawyer, there's, it's so much about how you look at the world and your mindset. Um, and that's really, that's really my, my mission to show you. And I, I'm so excited. This is going to be a great podcast. I'm, I'm so happy that you stuck around to the end. 
Keep an eye out for some new episodes coming out as well. And have some wonderful guests. And I can't wait to get to know all of you, my squad. Thanks. Thanks.